This episode is the audience Q&A portion of our episode with Ice Nine Kills singer Spencer Charnis and psychologist Dr. Sarah Rose Cavanaugh, recorded at the MIT Museum in Cambridge, Massachusetts on September 18th, 2023. Be sure to check out part one and check out some of our other episodes with guests like Jonathan Davis from Corn. You can subscribe on your podcast platform of choice and follow us on social media at Sing for Science. All right, so I really want to ask, and I'm bringing it way back. So the album, Safe is Just a Shadow, um, is there any inspiration from any horror movies or anything like that for the greatest story ever told or the people under the stairs? Because I've noticed that this has been a theme kind of before every trick in the book, even back to like the predator becomes the prey. So I'm interested in knowing if like, even before it became like a theme, was there ever any inspiration from something horror related in your older albums? I think because I always was so interested in horror, it already always sort of reared its head in some form of another. People Under the Stairs, the title of that is, is a reference to the Wes Craven movie. Yeah. But uh, outside of that, on Safe is Just a Shadow, not too much. But again, everything that I do is somewhat influenced by horror. All right. Thank you. Well, that's a good question. Hello. Hi. Hi. Uh, you mentioned, oh, sorry. You mentioned uh, being able to learn about different cultures, like based off of like their books, like what their fears may have been, or being able to like face your fears in a safe space for movies and things like that. And I don't mean to probe too much, but what would you say your biggest fear would be, if you can pinpoint it? Any or both of you, all three of you. You can go first. <laughs> uh, definitely losing my child. Probably plane crash. I don't know. That seems like the worst death to me. Do you have fear of flying when you fly? I used to. Thank God for prescription medication. Because I, I have to fly a lot. I was going to say, you didn't choose the right profession. Now I like it. <laughs> yeah. I don't remember flying now. But. What about for you? Uh, I would probably say some type of like plane, train, like something I couldn't be in control of, you know? Mm. Thank you. Thank you. Losing my kid. Yeah. Hello. Hi. Um, okay. So at the beginning, Spencer talked about how he, when he was a kid, the part about horror movies that scared him was that later on, like you know, at night, um, there's like there's like a scene that sticks with you. Like for me, it was the scene in Halloween where he like Michael Myers like sits up, like you think he's dead, and then you see him sit up in the background. Like there's just one moment in the movie where it, it just really sticks with you, and it doesn't necessarily hit you at the time you're watching it, it's later on. So I was just curious to like know if you know anything about the psychology behind like the sticking point of the movie and like how come it hits you later? Is it just that it's dark? Like anything you know about that? Sure, I think that probably the emotional resonance of that moment was really intense, right? And we know that one of the things that how memory operates is that we have greater memory for emotional events than neutral events in our lives, uh, partly because of the hormones that are involved and the brain areas that they activate. And so those moments, probably you had such an emotional reaction that your brain's almost treating it like something that happened. And so it is trying to rework through it uh, and you're returning to that moment. And the darkness, I think, you know, a lot of what we're doing when we're laying down to go to sleep is just 
kind of lazily rehashing the day and going through this kind of um, you know, practice. And that I think that that is a natural time for those intense moments to come back. Just like if you have a fight with a friend and it gets really intense and then it's when you lay back to sleep that you think of all the things you should have said <laughs> and all of the things that went wrong. And I don't think it was a coincidence that you mentioned that scene because that's one of the most iconic in horror history. And I think when Michael Myers sits up like that, that's one of the first times you realize this guy is not human. And I think that that's why that has so much resonance in, in the horror world, that particular shot. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. And I happen to know the guy who plays Michael Myers in that movie, sweetest guy on the planet. Hi. Um, I heard you mention um, some people liking horror but not liking violence. So why do you think that that is? I think it probably has to do a little bit with what you're looking for from the horror. So if you're looking for more of that physiological arousal and more of that kind of shock value, then you might gravitate more to the violent type. If what you're looking for is more of that learning about the human experience and like having that sense of skittering toward the edge and then being reassured that that might be more of the terror sort. I think that people also have varying amounts of sensitivity to blood and violence. There's some people, myself included, who if you see real life blood and violence, lose consciousness. <laughs> and probably those people are probably less likely to gravitate toward the slasher type of films. So it really is probably about those individual differences and what you find gratifying about horror. Uh, thank Thanks you for so the much. question. Thank you. So this is a question for all three of you. What is your favorite horror movie or media monster and why? I want a three-page essay on my desk by Friday. So you're just saying horror movie villain in general? Um, monster in particular. So inhuman. Yeah. Large Marge, Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Uh. <laughs> I'm struggling. I'm going to say Pennywise just because of the it connection. That's fair. I mean, I think Jason could be considered a monster, right? So, yeah. I'm gonna go with Jason. That's, that's respectable. I, that's all I had. Thank you. So mine's for Spencer. Uh, across all of your Silver Scream films, uh, which song did you struggle the most with portraying the horror aspect from the movie to make it unique to that movie? In the music video in particular? Like music video, lyrics, just like overall. So it's not just like, oh, it's just a, like a song about a scary movie, but to make it unique to that movie. I think that when we did this song, to bring it back to Jason again, uh, we were doing one song on the album about Michael Myers, Stabbing in the Dark, and one song about Friday the 13th, Thank God It's Friday. And I think we, we struggled a bit at first because we didn't want to make those two songs and two videos too similar. Because if you look at it from an outsider perspective, there's a lot of overlap between Michael and Jason. So it sort of dawned on me, if we're gonna do the Michael Myers song from Michael's perspective. Let's do the Jason one from the from the victim's perspective, and that's why we told it through the doomed counselors at Camp Crystal Lake's perspective. Thank you. Sure. Hi, my question's for everybody. Um, just kind of show reference to where we are and stuff like that. And we talked about a lot of research. Um, I want to know 
what research would you guys want to like be on the topic of horror movies and like horror in general? Like, what would you want to see in the future? Yeah, I'm going to defer to you on that one. <laughs> I think that uh, greater exploration, and I think the Recreational Fear Lab is working on this, about the relationship between these physiological responses and emotional responses during the haunted house and how people are regulating their emotions to more everyday fears and to see if there is a benefit that carries over into people's everyday lives. I'd be really curious to see that. Thanks. Thank you. Um, so we're just we're just gonna leave it with a if you're up now we'll get your question answered but then we'll conclude. Um, so this is for all three of you, but is there anything that like a horror movie actor, producer, or director scared you the most? Because I know with Spencer like C.J. Uh, Graham or like uh, Tony Todd was at Silver Scream Con, so that kind of made me think like those might be your favorite, but what scared you the most? I think uh, this might be surprising because it's PG-13 <laughs> and maybe it was just the mood I was in, but the ring really bothered me. I saw that in the theater and I almost got up and left. I was so excited to see it, but just that the physiological response just in that early scene right from the beginning just shook me and I, I don't even really know why. I remember seeing Scream in the theater when I was 10 or 11 and, uh, you know, obviously the Drew Barrymore scene is so powerful and and kind of traumatizing and by the time the phone rang for for Sydney Nev Campbell's character you know 15 minutes later my cousin and I were just under the seats we could, so I think a movie like scream seems so able to actually happen in real life that that's why I think it really scared me it wasn't a monster it wasn't Dracula or you know Frankenstein or the Wolfman. It was someone who was just enjoying taunting these people until until they kill them. So that's probably why it felt like it was right right out of something that could happen in anyone's town. Anything for you or? Um, yeah, I think uh, I think Midsummer. I was thinking about for several days. You know, I really like it. I want to see it again. Probably that one. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Um, oh. Hello. Um, before I ask my question, I just want to say, um, Spencer, I'm a big fan. I actually um, skipped my first um, orchestra rehearsal to be here. <laughs> so, um, but this is primarily a, oh, this is primarily a question towards um, Sarah. I noticed that you are a professor at Simmons. I actually am a Wentworth Institute student. I study computer networking, and I, so I come from a different scientific background that's more closely related to engineering. But um, I was just wondering, have, do you by any chance put any like horror inside of your um, not not studies, but like into any of your specific classes, because I, again, I am not in that type of science. Yeah. So I, my role at Simmons, I work in the psychology department, but most of my day job is helping the faculty teach. I run workshops for faculty, but I do teach a class every fall called Emotion and Motivation, 
and we do a whole unit Halloween week <laughs> on recreational fear, and that's a lot of fun. And yeah, I think the colleges of the Fenway, you can take courses across yeah. all of the yeah, consortium. I, yeah, I was gonna ask. Yeah. Is if, would there be any way for me to take a class with you? <laughs> yep, I think every fall I'll teach it. And so if um, I'm midway right now, but next fall I'll definitely be offering it and that'll be awesome. All right, thank you. Thank you. This is a question for Sarah. Do you think like in concert when Spencer like cuts off somebody's head, do you think that like elicits more fear because it's in person than like watching the scene in American Psycho like in your living room? Oh, sure. Anything that makes it a little more experiential, I think is going to make the reaction and the experience more intense. And I think that's why it's so fascinating that they're doing this haunted house sort of research because so much research on fear before that were putting people in small labs and showing them horror movie clips. And it's so much more intense to be part of that immersive experience. Thank you. You're welcome. Hello. So this is like a, thank you, a music in movies, horror movies question. Um, like music from the 40s, 50s, 60s, why that makes personally, like if I hear that song from that decade, whatever, it just kind of makes me go, oh, this is, this is kind of weird. Like the only one I can think of right now is um, Be My Baby at the End of Barbarian. Mm -hmm. So what's that? Yeah. <laughs> um, so music and emotion is really fascinating. It's not <clears throat> one of my particular areas, but it music is so intense on an emotional level, um, and the rhythm of it seems to have a real effect. And there have been some really interesting studies about different movie genres, uh, not just horror, and the type of music that they use. And so horror movie music tends to have a lot of discordance and to have a lot of minor key. And these seem to be sounds, uh, especially together in a song, that elicit and help that fear response to be elicited. So I think music is so interesting. Yeah, and, and famously, Halloween, John Carpenter's Halloween, he showed that to an executive at, I think it was Paramount or Universal, before the film came out, without any music. And the executive's like, this is not scary at all. And then showed the same executive that movie with the music, and, this, and the woman was like, what, 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 you changed the film? It was terrifying. What, would you reshoot things? And she couldn't believe but the only difference was that music was added. And he composed all the music, He right? did, yes. So I think that goes to show how important music can really be in a film. And also, what you said is definitely true with the minor cadences and the discordance. But also, in, in a lot of different movies, horror movies like Halloween 2, for instance, the use of a song that you wouldn't, wouldn't have a connotation with horror, like um, Mr. Sandman, which was, you know... Uh, from the Chordettes from the 40s, which is a happy sound sounding song, that juxtaposed with the eeriness of the shot in Haddonfield where Michael Myers is sitting up, as someone else referenced, that dichotomy can also, I think, elicit a great um, fearful response. Are those little kids singing in the Freddy Krueger? Yes. The little nursery One, two, rhyme? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> So stuff that's yeah. like you would think of as childish yeah. and and maybe even in a major key uh, with the right visual imagery can be 
absolutely terrifying. Cool, thank you. Hello. Um, okay, so as so I'm a parent, like two little kids, and I know like personally, um, I watched Pee Wee's Big Adventure when I was 12, and I didn't watch a horror movie until like maybe last year. Mm. And I'm just wondering, like, is it like a person to person thing, or is it something that like as a parent I can kind of help not to love horror movies, but just to kind of not be a scared person for like, I don't know. Yeah, I think a little bit of it is those <clears throat> individual differences and knowing your child. I have, uh, my daughter always liked really intense things. She's a very intense person. Um, and she could handle a lot. And she has a, nep a cousin her same age who was terrified, I think at age 11, of all the um, owls in Harry Potter. He got really scared by just how many owls there were. And so I think that we do come to the world with physiological differences. And some of us, you know, it, it only takes a little bit to get really intense. And some of us like a lot of intensity and need more exposure. So I think knowing your child um, and, then, and then not getting over comforting, too. Um, mm -hmm. I think that when our ch children are afraid to be there for them, and but to show them calm rather than kind of justify them overreacting can be very reassuring. Cool, thanks. Hey, so I am uh, a huge reader and I love reading horror. I also really love reading romance books and I've noticed there's a huge crossover and like a trend that's happening now of much darker romance books where it's not just human monsters, it's also monster monsters. And even with like movie characters and stuff, I was wondering why you think that we as people are so willing to like romanticize either just like horrible villainous people or just full on inhuman monsters. Yeah, well I think a lot of the teenage years, I mean if you look at the whole Twilight phenomenon and uh, Vampire Diaries, <laughs> I think vampires are especially um, a good example of these monsters that are attractive to us. I think that some of the different monsters symbolize, again, different aspects of our psychology. And so I think vampires are a lot about our lusts and our desire for penetration even, right? <laughs> uh, and, and the exchange of bodily fluids. And so it's there's this the fascination with them. I think that you know, things like werewolves are uh, probably about our grappling with um, the fact that we are part animal, right? Because werewolves are all human and normal and then they tear up clothes and they grow all this fur and fangs. And so I think that they are, these monsters are human. They are aspects of our humanity. And so they're fascinating to us and we want to explore that. And I think that especially teenage fascination with monsters of these sorts are all about part of their burgeoning sexuality as well. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome. Hi. Um, so with the idea of not being scared so much during the movie and those fears subsiding until later, Spencer, I was just wondering if, you know, if you ever have those feelings or fears after shooting a music video or even just writing one of your songs, if that's ever like a reoccurring feeling for you. Not really. You know, I, I hear this so much from the actors that have been involved in these movies. You know, were you scared on the set? 
And uh, I think it's just because when you're on the set, you're, you might be in a dark room, but you got to remember there's 50 crew guys, there's lights, there's the camera guy. So it, it sort of takes away the uh, mystique of, of, of the horror movie. So I, not, not too much for me. Thank you. Thank you. So you guys have been such a great audience. Um, thank you so much for, for doing this. Thank you so much to Kate and the MIT Museum. Um, and most importantly, to Dr. Sarah Rose Cavanaugh and Spencer Charnas. Thank you. Sing for Science is co-produced by TalkHouse and made possible in part by a grant from the Simons Foundation. Our music is by Panoram. Social media manager is Bailey Constis, and digital producer is Keenan Cush. If you liked today's episode, the best way you can support us is to give us a review, tell a friend about the show, and subscribe on your podcast platform of choice. For more information, go to singforscience.org and follow us on social media at Sing for Science. Thanks for listening. 